Welcome to the York Story Slam podcast, where we feature select stories from our monthly open mic storytelling events in York, Pennsylvania. On September 19th, 10 storytellers shared their stories with our audience at Archetype Pizza in downtown York. Our theme this month was coming home. We heard stories about moving, about finding a sense of home, a couple about dogs, and even one about a 50th high school reunion. In the end, our winner was Corey, who told a story about how long it took him to move to an apartment across the street. About three blocks up the street has been my home for about 10 years now, and I lived in the same apartment for about seven years, and it was perfect. Everything had its place, and I really loved it, but across the street was a beautiful brownstone castle. It looks like a castle. It has like turret rooms. It's all brownstone, beautiful windows. It's just beautiful, and staring across the street to that for seven years, I was always just, I I wanted to live there. I wanted that to be my house. And I am not a rich person by any means, but any way of getting my foot in the door was, was my first step in owning it. So I would see them doing work over in there and I would go over and I'd be like, hey, let me know when you're renting an apartment or whatever. And eventually the day came and they said, hey, we're gonna rent these out. And it took a few months of figuring out how we would do it, but I was gonna be the first tenant in there and I was so excited. I was getting inside of my dream home, even though it wasn't fully a home. It was an apartment within that home, but still. And at the same time, I had accepted a new job. And I was like, this is great. I'm getting the place where I live. I'm getting my dream job. I'm so excited for this. Uh, but I am always reminded when they say like, death in the family or moving or starting a new job can be like some of the most stressful things in your life. And I'm like, oh no, that's no problem to move and start a new job at the same time. After being in this space for seven years, a two floor, three bedroom apartment, no, no problem. It took me four months to move all of my things across the street, across the street. Uh, It was very, very upsetting. uh, The whole transition of everything that I had at one point moved my bedroom furniture over into the new space, but all of my toiletries, all of my clothing was in the old space. So instead of, you know, kind of figuring those pieces out so it would make sense, I was sleeping on like a a big circular cushion. Like it was the size of like a, a cushion you would buy for a Great Dane. But I was like, I was fetal position every night in the corner of my living room where my couch was. I did that for probably about a month because, you know, I wanted to be where my toiletries and my, my uh, clothes are instead of moving them over. But it was, uh, it was a rough couple months. I got my bed finally set up, and within the first week, I like plopped down, and the bed breaks. And it's just, it's, and that sat on the floor for the next eight months. But it was something I don't have that to deal with. The job became really overwhelming. I quit the job. And that was a really great thing to happen for me because I finally was able to start putting away the the boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that like I'd just been so stressed and overwhelmed that I just sat there and coming home every single day, I sat there and looked at it and somehow couldn't get myself to put that stuff away. But the day I put in my my resignation, I finally got that stuff put away. I wasn't working, I got that stuff put away, but it was great for my mental health. And so these little things, like this montage of doing these little things, I was like, this is really gonna be good. 
but they would always turn out really bad. I finally cooked my first meal, I think it was six months into living in my apartment, which, oh, in the oven, I'll say the oven. I, I cooked some stuff on the, the, the stovetop, but the very first thing I put in this brand new oven in this apartment, the screen shatters, the, the big pane of glass shatters, and I love baking, and it's really sad that I wasn't doing that the whole time that I was living in my old, uh, I mean, in this new place, I wasn't baking, but I finally was doing it, and it shatters. I, I had this huge window that just shows all this light into the house, and I'm like, I'm finally gonna put blinds up because I can't like, I can't sleep with that. I go to put blinds up, and a bat is in the upper window area and flies down at me. I didn't fall off the chair or anything, but it was just like, can I, can I please get these things done? Can I like, please? And uh, just within the first few months as well, I had something died in the ceiling. I, it just died somewhere. And I grew up on a farm, so I know if a mouse dies, you smell that for like less than a week, and then it goes away. Uh, but this was something bigger, and it, it smelled for like two weeks, and I was like, okay, I'll get through it, it'll go away. Uh, apparently that thing was so big that uh, maggots had had started um, coming out of it and coming out through my closet ceiling somehow. And so there's like maggots there and the maggots turn into flies. So the last stretch of that like three week journey was just flies. It was like Amityville Horror in my house. <laughs> I could not sleep without a blanket on my head because they would land on my face. So. All that being said, I mean, things have calmed down a bit. Uh, although I have central air for the first time in 22 years, didn't go below 78 for a lot of days because I'm on the third floor, but it's cooled down and it's so nice. And, and today I came home uh, from a meeting and I see sitting on this beautiful brownstone stoop, I see this butternut squash, like a little fall gourd and it looks so nice, and that's like truly like, hopefully I don't have any more problems, but that was like my housewarming gift to hopefully let me have a nice, calm time living here if my landlord doesn't raise the rent at this point. We'll see. <laughs> Corey earned a spot in our Grand Slam in November. Our second story comes from Bridget, who told us about how, despite her initial resistance, she became a dog mom. Uh, growing up, the kitchen was always a big part of family gatherings. So everybody was in the kitchen. And by everybody, I mean humans, no animals. Um, I come from a big family. So when I left uh, my family home, I spent a lot of time by myself, enjoying the solitariness. Uh, but then I met a guy, and the guy had a dog. And I had no frame of reference for dogs. <clears throat> um, his dog, Penny, is a Boston Terrier. Her subclass is zipper dog, which means that she is always on you, always. <laughs> and so um, a lot of our relationship was her coming in and zipping to me and me unzipping us and then she zipped and I unzipped and she zipped and I unzipped and I realized that the best way to keep her unzipped was to take her pictures. So I started an Instagram page with my frenemy 
Um, because anytime I took pictures or videos, she was 10,000 miles away. So we continued this relationship for about a year. And then the guy and I decided to move in together. So then it was going to be him, me, and Penny. And so I needed to have a little bit of a different coping mechanism besides 24-hour videotaping of her so that she would stay away from me. Um, so the first couple months of living together, we adjusted our footing. She zipped, I unzipped, she zipped, I unzipped. And then uh, in February of 2020, I lost my job. And so all of a sudden, I was very much in need of a zipper. <laughs> and so, and then to make matters worse, in March 2020, then the whole world shut down. So not only did I not have a job, but my prospects of getting any sort of job were going to just went up in smoke. But there was one being on my side. That was my zipper, my penny. And I came to really appreciate that when I was feeling bad, she would zip to me, and all of a sudden, I wasn't as quick to unzip. And then as the days and the weeks and the months progressed of this different relationship where she was giving me this emotional support that I didn't know that I needed because I didn't grow up with animals. I didn't realize this is a relationship you could have with things outside of human beings. Um, we became much more friendly. I have difficulty. I'm sorry. I feel like I should be in like an AA meeting. Like I can't admit I'm a dog lover. Uh, <laughs> But we became, I, re, I can say, I guess I've come this far in our journey that I can say that we've zipped. And uh, she is my zipper dog. And uh, a couple years after the pandemic, we got a second uh, Boston Terrier who is also, now they're both zipped to me. And uh, they are also, very food motivated. So to bring this as a full circle moment, in our house now, we gather in the kitchen and it's him, me, and two dogs. Typically they're just waiting for food, but <laughs> it's that, that feeling of home that uh, I didn't realize I had missed. Our final story on this month's podcast comes from Matt. Matt shared what he learned when his mother came home at an inopportune moment. When you live in a house with other people who are of a sexually mature age, it's a really wise choice to announce yourself when you are coming home. Now, this is something that was not taught to me as a child and, you know, it wasn't taught to a lot of people. I've seen other people who had similar stories. Um, I'll set the stage for you. My mother was at work. My father was at work. My brothers had all moved out. I was in the basement with a smoking hot college student. 
And we'd been on a couple of dates, and there were hands, and there were lips, and there were other body parts, and there were clothes in various places. Some were on bodies, some were not. It was a really good day. Just for the record, it was a really good day. I'm in the, the hot and sticky and sweaty of it. When I hear a noise upstairs, and we suddenly shock to attention, and we're listening, and then I see footsteps coming down the stairs, and we quickly grab pillows and whatever we can on the couch and are trying to cover ourselves up, and my mother is walking down the stairs holding a laundry basket because she's going to switch the laundry. She'd come home during her lunch break to switch the laundry and put some laundry in. And so I can't tell you how big my eyes got because I'm just staring in abject horror, as is my lovely date. As my mother walks down, stops, looks at us, gets the same look of horror on her face, and then she just keeps on walking over to the washing machine. And she puts the laundry in. And then she takes up the laundry basket and she walks back upstairs making no more eye contact. My date looks at me and I look at her. And she quickly puts on her clothes and makes a hasty exit out the basement door. Which I also wanted to do. I wanted to pull a Forrest Gump. I wanted to just start running but I couldn't. So I got my clothes on, and I go upstairs, and my mother's in the kitchen, and there's a stack of chopped vegetables, and she's working on carrots now. What you making, Mom? I don't know. Are you all right? I will be. So I go to my room and just try and process it. And we didn't really talk about it. Fast forward, it's about two months later. I'd gone to a poetry slam where I did some poetry and stuff. But I wasn't feeling it that night. Usually at this point, I'm out until like 1 a.m. in these coffee shops. I wasn't feeling it. I was tired. I had an exam coming up, so I decided to go home early. So I came home, and I'm walking down to my bedroom. And to get to my bedroom, I pass by my parents' bedroom. And I happened to look over, and my eyes got even bigger because I saw something that no son ever wants to see. So unlike my mother, I did not continue on my vector. I immediately shifted into reverse and very slowly backed up and went back to the front door and went outside. I waited a couple seconds. And then I came in and I slammed the door. Bam! I'm home! <laughs> now... Today, I look back at it, and I have intense guilt, because I realized that that might not have happened for my parents very often, and I'd interrupted it. <laughs> but I learned that valuable lesson. If you're coming home and there are other mature adults, just announce it when you get there. 
all the winners from this year's Open Mic Story Slam events will return at the end of the season to compete for the title of Best Storyteller in York at our Grand Slam. Updates on our events are available on our website, yorkstorieslam.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. You can also follow us on Twitter at at YorkStorySlam, as well as on Facebook, and watch videos of all the stories from our events on our YouTube channel. We hope to see you on stage soon. Thanks for listening. This Story Slam podcast is produced by Catherine Roquet. Theme music composed and performed by David Wilson.